Okay, everyone, we're just going to switch it up just for this morning only because I have to, because I download the video into a podcast and upload it into a podcast website. Well, lately, Facebook has not been allowing me to download my own videos. Why? Because that just happens, right? deal with technical difficulty in any area. If you want to do anything, you're going to have technical difficulty. There's no explanation. So I'm going to recap Exodus because I haven't been able to upload anything for podcasts since I started Exodus. We're starting in chapter five today, but one through four. So Exodus is what it means. It's the story about the Israelites exiting the Egyptian uh, bondage, slavery, that they chose to be in, first of all. They chose. I can never express that enough. They chose. Now, not only are they in physical bondage, they're in mental bondage, okay? And the Egyptians, the new Pharaoh, after Joseph died, now this is many years. Remember, God said it would be 400 years of turmoil and bondage before the people would groan and complain and and cry to God for help. Okay? And so Joseph's been dead. There's been a new Pharaoh. And the new Pharaoh saw the multitude of the Israelites. Now imagine, this is like slavery in America back in the day, back when slavery started in like 1621 was when the first indented slaves chosen, they chose to be slaves, indented. That was when the first slaves came over into America in 1621, over in Virginia or West Virginia, one of those areas. Um, Now imagine these Egyptians are watching the Israels grow strong because the Israels are doing all the hard labor, lifting bricks, making bricks, uh, living on very little. They have a task masters um, who pretty much are slave drivers uh, making sure that these people are staying on task and the pharaoh gives them more and more and more to do build this build that i want a big statue blah 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 you know make my food whatever it was i'm sure they had them do everything under the sun same as slavery was here in america so the israelites were a strong hardy group of people I can imagine. That's what I'm thinking in my head. They were strong because they were made to be strong. The Egyptians made them strong with all the, you know, the labor they were putting them through. Sorry, you guys. I had to wipe off my board. It was my friend Gina's birthday. I made this big thing, and yeah, it was super fun. What is that? So now you got these Israels who are in. Israel's who are in bondage and the Pharaoh he was seeing them grow 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 and he told the midwives of the Israelites he goes I want every male child that is born killed well the midwives feared God so they didn't do it and they kind of lied around the truth you know to the Pharaoh like oh you know the women they're strong they're having their children on their own um But the Pharaoh just kept trying to enforce it. Well, then Moses was born. Now, Moses is just a regular boy born, but his mother kept him hidden for three months. When she could no longer hide him, she built him a boat out of reeds, you know, make sure it was waterproof. She sent him floating along the reeds, and then his sister followed him to see what would happen. 
I'm sure to see if somebody would pick him up. You know, her heart was driven. This was all planned by God. So she was just following her heart, doing what she thought was best. So along comes the Pharaoh's sister to take down to the river to take a bath or some something like that. I need to know now. What was she doing down there? What were you doing, Pharaoh's sister? To bathe. Okay, the fair sister went down there to bathe. Um, this is not right. I hate drawing on the fly, you guys, like this, because I just need to write up on the top of my board like I used to. I just need to make something really pretty. Um, she went down there. She saw, she's like, it's one of the Hebrews' child, children. And the little girl, the sister, a.k.a. Moses' sister, ah, ah, she went up to the Pharaoh's daughter and goes, I know somebody who can raise him. Would you like me to send for her? The Pharaoh's daughter was like, oh, yeah, you know, or sister was like, oh, yeah, you know. And incoincidentally, Moses's mother got to raise him and nurture him for those initial years. How beautiful that worked out, right? Well, then Moses grew up. I got to write this out, you guys. I cannot multitask Obviously. <laughs> uh, that's the worst so Moses grew up in the Pharaoh's house and um, you know I'm sure by Pharaoh's laws imagine if you grew up you know with drug dealers, you're going to be like them. You grew up with alcoholics, you're going to think that that's okay. I know because I grew up with them. I grew up to be just like that. Um, so he grew up with the pharaohs. So imagine he kind of has the mindset. He has the knowledge. And then um, he saw an Egyptian beating a slave and he killed the Egyptian and buried the Egyptian in the sand. Well, the next day he saw two Hebrews fighting. And he told them, why are you fighting, brethren? Why are you fighting each other? And they go, what are you going to do? Kill me like you killed the Egyptian? So then Moses feared what could happen, because if they knew, then everybody knew. So then it got around to the Pharaoh what Moses did. So Moses fled to the mountain. And that's where he ended up running into a group of young ladies. And one of them ended up being his wife. And they ended up having children together. Well then, now this was the last chapter. Moses is walking along, right? He's up in the mountain. He's living a little rustic life. You know, he ain't part of the Egyptians no more. He runs across a burning bush. Now imagine, this man has never had an encounter with God in his life. I'm sure he's heard about it, just as I had heard about it. Oh, I touched up on something deep. Today is my two-year anniversary of when God made his presence known to me. Two years ago. And before that, I did not believe in God. In fact, I remember being a little girl at my uncle and my uncle Dave and my aunt Kathy's farm. And I was in the barn picking up feathers. And I was so little. I was so little. And I remember thinking to myself, I remember the moment. 
Is God even real? How could he be real? How could he be real with all this going on? There's just no way. And watching my mother, the things happening to her, the things happening to us, how could he be real? Like, it didn't make sense to me. And so ever since that moment, I didn't believe in God. I did what I was supposed to do. I did confirmation. You know, I did all the things I was supposed to do. I really didn't believe in God. Not since that moment. Until he made his presence known. Just as he did to Moses. Moses is just walking along. Has no idea what's going on. And then suddenly he sees a burning bush. And I can believe it. I could believe God would be able to get you to see something like that. He could make it happen. And it would twist the mind of the average human being. That's got me thinking. That had me thinking all day. So, so God calls out to Moses. I'm not even going to recap that deep, but God calls out to Moses, and Moses is like, "Huh." So God has him take off his sandals because it's holy ground. I mean, this is the, you know, God in his presence. I can imagine. And the, the feeling, you guys, it's not just the burning bush. When God makes his, makes his presence known to you, it's undeniable. He's greater than the world. You feel him greater than the world. I know the moment I realized it was God, I felt the walls of my apartment were going to explode outwardly. That's how great his presence was. It will bring you to your knees without him even asking. You just, it's instantaneous. And then you realize you're real. Like, you finally realize this is the peace you've been missing in your life forever is this peace. It was like home. It was, it was home. Like, it fits. Like, this is somebody I've been searching for my entire life, and I didn't even know it. That's what it felt like. So God is like, listen, Moses, the people of, people of Israel, Exodus, they're groaning. They're unhappy. And you're the man. I'm choosing you. You're going to go in there and you're going to tell the Pharaoh that I want them to release my people. And guess what? The Pharaoh's going to go harden in the heart because he isn't going to want to bow down to no God because it's coming from a man. So he's going to sit and he's going to hang on tight and his heart is going to be hardened. And guess what? I'm probably going to have to take his firstborn. But i got to do what i got to do. Are you ready, Moses? I think he gave him like a big outline of what was going to happen. And as I was reading it, I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you got to give him the bag because uh, God tells you the whole story. You probably run for the hills. Oh, you guys, God is smart. God is very smart how he's laid out my life. I say that because what today reminds me of. has me recapping, also perfectly timed. And there's been days I've missed. I didn't do it, I didn't do a video Saturday. Didn't really care for it. 
was busy with other things like not doing anything. He's got me thinking. So Moses goes back to his home and he tells his wife, yeah, well, pack up because we're going to, because you can't deny God. Pack up, we're going to Egypt. We're going to save everybody. What was it, two, three million people? It says it in the beginning. I know I said it in the beginning. Two and three million people. It's almost like Egypt was going to birth Israel when they left. This would be a beautiful thing. You see it that way. What a beautiful thing. So you guys, podcasters, that was a quick comical overview of the beginning of Exodus. Now imagine, you know, here it is. Moses is a man who was raised with pharaohs, with Egyptians. Completely different belief, completely different mindset, okay? He was raised in a different mindset, and suddenly this whole God thing happens to him? I can imagine the shock. And he asked, what if they don't believe me, God? What if they don't believe me? There's, you're sending me. And he goes, oh, trust me. They'll believe you. I'm going to make it happen. Do I have time? I do have time, you guys. So we're going to start in chapter 5. And it's Monday, March 1st, you guys. Let's just get that out of the way, too. It is Monday, March 1st, the first of the month. And I'm so grateful. First of all, I'm grateful, God. Thank you, God, for getting me through the month of February, which was the worst of times and the best of times. Okay, I found value in the lessons God taught me and the choices in my life. They were brutal lessons. And, you know, it sucked. But this is a new month, you guys, and what a beautiful thing it will be a beautiful month. It's going to be a beautiful month. It's going to be a beautiful week. Got some stuff going on, so I'm super excited. So you guys, in chapter 5, afterwards, Moses and Aaron. Now, Aaron is Moses' brother, okay? Because Moses told God, God, I'm not a man who can use my vocabulary correctly. I can't talk. I can't speak. You're sending an idiot. That's kind of what he was saying. You're sending an idiot, God. You're going to send me? I can't even talk. God was like, fine, fine, fine. You want somebody? Get your brother Aaron. He can talk. But I'm going to show you the words. But since you need somebody, get your brother Aaron. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. But see, I have a deep enough relationship with God where I've done this arguing. Where I know where God's frustration comes out. Where he gets sick and tired of arguing with me. And he's just like, just trust me. Please. For once. <sighs> so... 
Afterwards, Moses and Aaron went in and told the Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold peace to me in the wilderness. And the Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? Do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. So they said, the God of Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go three days' journey into the desert and sacrifice to the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with a sword. Pestilence, pestilence. I gotta look that up. Handy dandy dictionary. Let's go pestilence. Pestilence. Sorry for those who know what that word means and you have to sit here and watch me look it up, but I don't. Pestil, pest, pestilence. A contagious, often fatal disease that spreads quickly. Ah, the coronavirus. <laughs> Sorry, guys. That's probably not a joke. Listen. I mean, it is what it is. Then the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people from their work? Get back to your labor. And the Pharaoh said, look at the people of the land that are many now, and you make them rest for their labor? So the same day Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters of the people, fancy name for slave drivers, um, and their officers saying, you shall no longer give the people straw to make brick as before. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. You shall lay on them the quota of bricks which they made before. You shall not reduce it, for they are idle. Therefore they cry out, saying, Let us go and sacrifice to our God. Let more work be laid on men, that they labor in it, and let them not regard false words. And the taskmasters of the people and their officers went and spoke to the people, saying, Thus, Pharaoh, I will, give you, give, I will not give you straw. Go get yourself straw where you can find it, yet none of your work will be reduced. So the people were scattered abroad throughout the land of Egypt to gather stubble instead of straw. And the taskmasters forced them to hurry, saying, Fulfill your work, your daily quota, as when there was straw. As also the officers of the children of Israel, whom Pharaoh taskmasters had sent over them, were beaten and were asked, Why have you not fulfilled your task in making brick both yesterday and today as before? Then the officers of the children of Israel came and cried to the Pharaoh, saying, Why are you dealing thus with your servants? There is no straw given to your servants, and they say to us, Make brick. And indeed your servants are beaten, but the fault is in your own people. But he said, You are idle, idle. Therefore I say, Let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. Therefore go now and work, for no straw shall be given to you, yet you shall deliver the quota of bricks. And the officers of the children of Israel saw that they were in trouble after it was said, You shall not reduce any bricks from your daily quota. Then as they came out from Pharaoh, they met Moses and Aaron, who stood there to meet them. And they said to them, let the Lord look on you and judge, because you have made us abhorrent in the sight of the Pharaoh and in the sight of his servant, and put a sword in their hand to kill us. 
So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Lord, why have you brought this trouble onto these people? Why is it you have sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to these people. Neither you have delivered your people at all. That's the thing about Moses. He was honest with God. You'll find that through the story. He was brutally honest. And these are the people that are closest to God. Okay, this is something I have learned. I could never be fake or hide. Because God is in my deepest thoughts. He really is. There are times I've had very dark thoughts. And he's right there. And I go, thank you for being there. And understanding that, you know, I have these things. And helping me work through it and loving me anyway. There's also been times I've screamed at him. How could you? How could you lead me down this road? You you made it okay. Why? I didn't want this. You're killing me with what you're asking me to do. You're ripping me apart. I, I remember times just being ripped apart. Why would you do this? And I look back at last year, and that was... It was a brutal year. I felt myself being ripped apart, and basically it was becoming a new person. I had to change. I had to change and let go of old beliefs, old behaviors. Amir Abba. If you're watching, greetings to you from, from me. Um... I lost complete train of thought. See what happens when I'm not paying attention? Oh, I felt myself being ripped apart. I really did. It was the worst time. I just felt it. But I looked back, and last night, you know, because I thank God for everything. Because even in the worst of times, when I thought I couldn't do it no more, He's built me up. There were times last year I didn't think I could go any further in life. I was just like, the pain was too much. The pain was too much. God, I just can't do it. But I did do it because I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to just stop and turn around and go against God. I'm obviously not going to take my own life because I'm. that's not in our nature, a human's nature. Those that do take their own life do it in the heat of the moment, and they're very weakened in some way. So in the heat of the moment weakened, that's when they do it. But when they stop and think about it, they they don't have the will to do it. It takes a lot of deep sorrow for somebody to take their own life. Um, but I made it through some of the worst times. Worst, worst times. And even now, this last month has just been And it wasn't just, just me. Like, I hurt the people around me, too. And that's worse than just what I do to myself. So now I have the responsibility of what I do to others on top of what I'm doing to myself. That'll rip you apart. That'll make you self-sabotage real quick. But I didn't. Somehow, some way, God has built me up. To make me strong. I don't know where I was going with that. But I want to find this word. 
says, Then they said to them, Let the Lord look at you and judge, because you have made us abhorrent in the sight of the Pharaoh. Now, you guys, what's going to happen is God's going to build them up. It's just not time. Okay? It's got to happen a certain way. You can't force the... You know, because there's going to be a lot of lessons just in the Israelites leaving. they got to be prepared to walk out, first of all, and they're not ready to stand up for themselves and walk out. And also the Pharaoh's got to be humbled enough to realize who God really is. Because right now he's not. And until he knows who God is, who God is, he's not going to let these people go. Watch, it's not going to be in here. Ab abhor means to shrink from disgust abhorrence shrink from disgust detest hate or to murder has made us disgusting in the sight of the pharaoh that's what that means best dictionary ever so guys chapter five this is just the beginning this was just peeling back one layer of the pharaoh going yeah and he got angry. First thing he did was get angry and he put more work on the people, thinking that would work. And at first it does, but then it doesn't because it, when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, they're going to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. He's creating his own end with people. Because think about it. They're already upset. They're already crying out from the labor. What does the Pharaoh do? He makes it worse. Yeah, because that's going to work. They're not going to be upset about that at all, Pharaoh. They're not going to want to walk out and leave, you know, because they're going to be too tired. No, they're going to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. At some point, human nature, we get sick and tired of being sick and tired of being put up with crap in our life. Stuff. I said it. Darn it. Inside joke. Never mind. In my head. So you guys, that is chapter five. So you podcasters, from now on I will record, I promise, and I do apologize for not keeping up as I should. Okay. Also, uh, my friend Gina... <laughs> I'm also on Patreon, you guys. So if you want to support what I do, what her and I do, are going to do in our future, we also have another show called Our Organic Life. Um, we are actually... I'm just going to say it because nobody can stop us now. <laughs> um, we're actually looking at starting an event um, business, an event planning business. Uh, I'm super, super excited to be part of something so wonderful. So if you want to support what we do, um, go to Patreon and you can support us there. It's under God's love. Um, and that's where all the proceeds, that's where all those proceeds will go to is us starting that business um, and whatever comes along. So I'm super excited about that, you guys. That's something... Um, we've really grown our friendship to really grow into a place where we're prepared for this. Um, so you guys, Exodus, man, you know, I just, I want to give a little insert. 
two years ago, I had no idea God existed. I knew some things were happening to me and it just snowballed. It was like the beginning of the year. Suddenly I started seeing that the way I felt was my problem. And I was blaming people for being insecure. It was just the beginning, you guys. This was just the beginning of realizing that I'd become not a very good person in my heart. And I wanted to change. I began making videos. I still have my very first video. I have mo I have almost all of the important videos that I that I have. I began making videos. I had my very first one. I started to become aware of my toxic behavior. A lot of us want to point the finger, and I'm going to tell you something right now, and this is the honest to God truth. Every flaw that you find in somebody else, everything that you want to point a finger and go, you are this, that's a reflection of yourself. When you want to sit there and go, there's something wrong with you, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Now, there are people in this world that are walking and they'll tell you the truth. I know people who have told me things about myself that were true. had to really listen. But when you want to sit there and be angry, and here's the thing about it. When you're angry about the way somebody is or something that they're doing, that's, that's how you know. That's a characteristic about yourself that you're not recognizing that you need to address. I've done it. I just did it. <laughs> um, and it's, it goes back to when I was reading, it must have been like last Thursday, last Wednesday. No, no, no. It was the last two chapters of Matthew. Okay. It would have been the last two chapters of Matthew in my videos when Jesus was crucified and I started crying. Because I realized that just like the people who did not under, understand that they were placing their insecurities on Jesus and they were attacking him for it, I had done that. See, that hurts people. Look at Jesus. He was bearing that pain. And we do that to each other. It's really toxic. Um, anyway. So my life built up to that moment. I had some pretty gnarly situations happen that I couldn't believe happened. Like my kids removed. I couldn't believe it. Like things were happening that should have happened and they did. And I was like, my mind was just blown. I was like, what's going on in my life? But God had strategically planned all those things. And I didn't even know God was real. But that moment he made his presence known, it was undeniable. That was greatest moment of my life up until then. To know he was truly real. And why me in that moment like that? Why? He tells me it's because of love. He loves me. He loves all of us. I felt his love that day for the entire world. 
And that's why I can love people unconditionally. We all deserve to feel that love from God, no matter what. Even Ted Bundy deserves to feel the love from God. Every pedophile in this world. I say that because I pick the worst people because that really infuriates people and they think, oh, you know, pedophiles, they need to die. No, they deserve God's love too. Truly. It's in that forgiveness because God forgives. I felt it. I felt his forgiveness for the world. What a moment, you guys. It's been nonstop two years of just snowballing in my life. Because I sought God's face and not his hand. I sought him in all these lessons I read. I search for what he's trying to show me. Not just to read to you guys, not just to do all that stuff. I'm really learning about myself when I do this. So I'm going to get ready and try to find a verse for the verse of the day. Today is Monday, March 1st. It was 13 degrees this morning. The moon's still out. I feel very hopeful. I feel hopeful. I love you guys and God bless.